five minutes till service, so please come in, grab seats, grab a friend, make sure you have your notebook open or your notes, and just get ready to dive into the Word and worship with us tonight. Guys, if you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us tonight.
your service host for tonight. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into some announcements real quick. First thing I wanna say is turn off your airdrop. We do not wanna be getting stuff during service. We are trying to listen, be good children of God. Um, with that, follow our social media. So go ahead and just take out your phones for now. Turn off airdrop, follow us on social media at bridge YTH underscore. Go ahead and follow our TikTok and our Instagram to keep up with updates. And if you guys were at convention, you guys know who Reggie Dobbs is. Yeah, and he's going to be here this Sunday. We're having Bridge Youth Takeover in big service. So 1130, come join us in main service. And we're going to be listening to a word that Reggie Dobbs prepared for us. If you guys haven't met him yet, he's one of the coolest dudes ever. So you guys don't want to miss it. So summer camp. Who's going to summer camp? <laughs> Woo! Summer camp's going to be so lit this year, guys. If you guys didn't sign up yet for summer camp, there's a few girl spots that have just opened up. And boys, if you want to be on the late on the wait list, go ahead and just um, go to thebridgechurch.tv and look for Amber's um, Pastor Amber's email, and just get back to her if you have any questions about that or being on the wait list or just wanting to sign up. Then she can answer any of those and questions you guys, for you. And if you guys were wondering, people who are going to camp, the assignments will be there tomorrow, so you'll know. Don't ask us right now; we don't know. Okay, and with that being said, there's also no youth next week because of summer cap. But register now for the last few spots. Come on, guys, you don't want to miss it. 
Also, don't miss that uh, parent-student meeting that we're having this Sunday at 1045 in the Youth Center. So here, don't miss that. We have summer camp info for parents as well as for you guys so you guys can be updated with all that stuff. And we have a young adults gathering. So for all the seniors heading into college, we have a young adults gathering this Sunday at 5 p.m. So if you just graduated, that is for you. And it's, it's awesome. It's pretty fun, guys. Come yeah, on. it's awesome. And if there's another way that you guys want to contribute and give, you can give in the back of the boxes or you can give online. There's absolutely no pressure. It's just another way to worship and praise God. Also, everyone, up, we're going to do family time. Family so for time, anyone guys, who has not done family on, time, up, you're just going to get up, up. You're going to stretch your legs. You're going to meet someone new. And you're going to hit them with this question. Fruit Loops or Cocoa Pebbles? I've never had Fruit Loops both. or Cocoa Pebbles. Fruit I love Loops cereal. I'm a cereal Pebbles. kind of girl. I love both. I love both. It's nice and warm, and we have snow cones. Who got a snow cone out there? All right. Our awesome team was handing them out. Hey, guys, we are getting ready to get into the message, and we will do worship at the end. And so I just want to encourage you to be ready for what God wants to do tonight. God wants to speak to all of us in this room. And... Bridge Youth is a special community, not just because we gather, just because we have fun, but because God wants to show himself. He wants us to discover him. He wants us to learn and grow. And so there's something new that he has for all of us tonight. And so I want to encourage you in that. So if you need to use the restroom, wait till after. Don't distract anyone around you. And here at Bridge Youth, we don't believe it's just the adults that get to pray and get to preach and get to speak. We believe that you are the church of today, not tomorrow, not someday, but the church of today. We believe our students 
can and will step up to the call of God. And so I'm going to have Sheridan come up and pray as we get ready for the message, okay? One of our students. Come on, Sheridan. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. I pray that you will just be in here tonight so evidently. I pray that you will touch all of our hearts and that your Holy Spirit will just be filling the room, Lord. I pray against all distractions, and I pray that you will just give us a great night. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, tell someone next to you, get ready. Come on. Yo, Bridget, how you guys doing tonight? You good? Hey, who's enjoying summer? Dude, I love summer. It's finally hot. I went surfing last week. I'm getting tan. Oh, I love it. Love summer. Who, who's like you, summer over winter any day? Come on now. Where's the winter people? Who's like, I love winter. I love cold. You live in the wrong place, all right? I love summer, been loving it. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining us on one of your days of summer. And we know that like there's so many things going on. There's so many other places you could be, but you're right here. You chose to spend some of your time with us. We think that's so awesome. We think it's so special, especially if you're brand new. We love meeting new people. Maybe you came for the first time to come and hang out, whether you're right here in the room or maybe you're watching online. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. We like welcoming our guests in a way that never gets old for us. We like saying we are here to build you up, not... That's right. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out. Hey, if you're in the room, you are family. If you got a Bible, go to John chapter 4. John in chapter 4. Guys, I, I want to reiterate just a couple things that our service host said. Uh, one, summer camp is next week. It's Monday. We leave Monday. I'm so pumped, dude. I'm so pumped. Camp is so special. It's such an awesome time. It, this camp, the same camp, is where I got called into ministry. It's so awesome. It's such, such a special place, such a special time. And ladies, hey, all the ladies say, hey. All you ladies were like, oh, you know, the guys have all these spots open and the girls' spots sold out and, you know, and then your guys' wait list was like super long and all this. So Amber, me and Amber doing what Amber does, that Amber stuff, she hopped on the ringer and she goes, she called up some friends. She made some phone calls. She said, we need some girl spots. And they said, all right, we got you. And they, they released some girl spots to us. So ladies, Amber's made the phone call. We got all of the ladies that were on the waiting list covered. And now there's a handful, legit, just a handful more spots left. So ladies, go sign 
up. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to get to Friday of next week and be hearing about how amazing camp was and you're the only one who didn't make it. Guys, there is a real possibility some guy spots open up for us. So email Amber, aywideatthebridgechurch.tv. Email her, get on that wait list. You might be able to make it. Summer camp is going to be legendary. It's going to be awesome. Our camp speaker was also one of our speakers at a convention. The world-renowned, amazing Reggie Dabs. And he is, this is a treat, y'all. He is speaking for us here at church this Sunday morning in our 9.30 and 11.30 service. So I encourage you, show up, come hang out. We're going to take over that 11.30 service. It's going to be awesome. I promise you, you do not want to miss it. But with all that said, don't show up to youth next Wednesday. There is no youth, okay? If you show up, you'll be here all by yourself, all right? You will be, you'll have to, if you show up, you'll have to do the preaching, the teaching. You'll have to preach to yourself, lead yourself in worship, all of that sort of stuff. Um, Hey, uh, tonight we're continuing. We are in week number five. Somebody say five. We're in week five of our series, Essentials. Somebody say Essentials. I've been loving this series. This has been a deep dive into the essential things of faith. Back in the 1600s, um, there were this group of theologians and scholars that got together. And what they were um, uh, uh, trying to accomplish is they were trying to put condensed language to these really, really, really big biblical theological concepts. It's kind of like, like how, you know how like on Twitter you have, what is it, 140 characters, whatever it is. Like it's, it's taking these big ideas and bringing condensed language to it. That's what these people were trying to do. This group ended up being called, this gathering ended up, ended up being called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And what they, what they were striving to accomplish is answering some questions. The first and the most fundamental question that they were trying to answer is this. What is the chief end of man? Keep in mind, this is, this is 1600s, so it's kind of some fancy old school language. What is the chief end of man? What they were trying to really say is, what is the point of what? Like, all of it. Like, what's the point of life and faith in the world and existence? So what's the goal? And here is what they came up with. If you, uh, uh, if you are a note taker, you're going to want to write this down. They said this, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, a.k.a. worship. If you're taking notes tonight, week five's essential is worship. The chief end of man is to glorify God and and enjoy him forever. Here's how amazing theologians believe this statement to be. That 400 years later, they have not altered this statement one bit because they believe that it encapsulates and captivates the entirety of what faith, God, life, and existence is all about. I love the way C.S. Lewis said it. The, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia said it like this. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. So tonight we're talking about worship. And here's your sermon in a sentence. It's this. Worship is more than a song, but it's certainly not less. 
Worship is more than a song, but it's certainly not less. John chapter 4, um, I need to open my Bible to John chapter 4. If you've got a, a paper Bible, it's the fourth book in the New Testament. If you've got a, uh, your Bible app, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. If you're like, Corey, I'm brand new here and I've never been to church. I don't even own a Bible. I've never read it. Don't worry. We have something we like to call the Sky Bible. It'll be up on these screens right here. John chapter 4, we're going to read verse number 23 and 24. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? It's leg day. Wednesday's always leg day. I did a spin class with my wife yesterday, you guys. My legs are dead. You might be asking, Pastor Corey, what's spin? It's riding bikes that don't go anywhere. Make that make sense. In a room that they don't air condition, this place is, bro, it's, I'll t this is the best way I could describe it. The air is damp. I feel like I'm breathing all these crazy women's sweat. It's, bro, it's wild. What does that have to do with the message, Corey? Nothing, but my legs are killing me, all right? I brought my, I, I brought, I brought my gun to work today, all right? John chapter 4, verse number 23 and 24. Um, here's what it says. Verse number 23. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now where true, somebody say True. Where true worshipers will worship, there is our essential concept right there, worship. Where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Check this out. I love this. The Father, God, he's looking for those who will worship him. He's looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so, you must, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth truth. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, would you speak to us tonight? God, I pray that you would get me out of your way. God, get us to a, a place where we just have a totally new and profound, more intimate, deeper uh, understanding of worship. And God, it's right around the corner. So please, God, help your football team, the Raiders. God, it's on the way, God, and any haters in the room, would you just rebuke them in the name of Jesus? We love you, and all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. Um, there's a couple things that I hate. I know, hate's a strong word. Pastor Corey, you're a pastor. You're not supposed to hate anything. Hear me out, okay? Here, look at your neighbor, say, hear him out. I hate... When people chew with their mouth open. Bro, I, I despise it. I hate when people step on your shoes. I hate it. I get it. You, like, you don't care about the heat on your feet, but I do. Don't step on my shoes. I, I hate, I hate hangnails. Bro, I don't. To all the guy, all the all the all the guys in the room. Hey, all the on the count of three, all the men say, "Hey, one, two, three. Um, bro, I don't never feel like a bigger sissy than when I have a hangnail, dude. It's like there's a hangnail's there, and then you like, you you can't just nail clip it because then it comes back. So you got to get tweezers and like a man, you just gotta like yank that thing off, and then like half of your thumb feels like it went with it, and then you could feel your heartbeat in your finger, and then like the next day you keep feeling it, and you're like. Dude, I, I, like, as a man, I'm like, I, dude, 
I got tattoos, man. Like, I swear I got a decent pain tolerance. But why does this hurt so bad? I hate, I hate hangnails. Um, I hate, um, I hate drama so much. And gossip. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I, I can't stand either of them. Uh, when I tell you, by the time I got to the end of high school, it was the biggest reason I was ready to leave. I was like, this is like a soap opera, and I'm just ready to bounce, because all of you are like 13-year-old drama right now. I, I cannot stand borderline hate when people think being rude makes them cool. Like, when did we start thinking that? Like, when you hold the door open for someone, and they just walk through the door and look at you, I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> no, like, I, I, ugh, it drives me crazy. I hate the New England Patriots. I hate them <laughs> with the fiery passion, okay? You know how long I prayed against Tom Brady? I think I hear Tom Brady's a Christian. <laughs> so one day if I see him in heaven, it's going to be real awkward. If I get to heaven and I see Tom Brady, I'm looking at Tom Brady, I'm looking at Jesus, I'm looking back at Tom Brady, then I'm looking back at Jesus and going, we're letting just anybody up in here, aren't we? <laughs> and then Tom's going to be like, Corey, we're brothers in Christ. You've been praying against me all these years, man. I, I hate some of the stuff that my mom posts on social media. <laughs> like, mom, keep that one to yourself, girl. I love you. I do not love that post. Um, I, I hate the cold. I hate it. Me and my Hawaiian sister, Alicia, we complain all day long the fact that our offices are Antarctica. I don't know who controls the AC around the Bridge Church, but good Lord, like I'm sniffling in my office. I literally, I'll go on walks outside when it's 95 degrees because I'm so cold. I'm cold right now. I'm a summer boy through and through. Maybe more than anything else, I hate cats. And that will never change. Maybe one of the things, maybe one of the only things I hate more than cats are when cat people tell me, but you've never met my cat. Dude, I've heard that a hundred thousand times, and I promise you, I will hate your cat. So much. But my cat acts like a dog. Then get a dog. Then kick the cat out because it's not doing its job apparently and get a dog. I hate cats. But is anybody with me on this one? Does anybody else just absolutely hate spiders? Like one of my biggest struggles with faith and the existence of God is that spiders exist. Like, God, why? Why do, what, what's the point of these weird, terrifying, multi-eyed, multi-legged things? Like, why are they on earth, and why did you create them, God? Like, I hate spiders. I think I've grown to hate spiders more because of how much my wife hates spiders. When there's a spider in the house, my wife will not only point it out to me, she'll bring me to the spider, kill it, help me, help me, and then she'll start pushing me, physically pushing me towards the spider. Like, that doesn't help. It complicates the issue. Now I not only have to kill the spider, I have to catch my balance as well. Amber, chill. I hate spiders. This one time when we were living in Lake Elsinore, we lived in, in the back of our church in the middle of a dirt field that wasn't lit at all in basically like a mobile home type trailer. We got home late one night. I think we actually, I think we were, 
I think we went to Disneyland this night. We used to be annual pass holders, um, and we went to, I think we went to Disneyland. We got home super late. I was, uh, I went to the bath, I went to the bathroom getting ready. I, I was brushing my teeth. I am like, by the way, I am a mouthwash fanatic, dude. Like, I use mouthwash probably, I don't know, three times a day. And then in between those, I use the little, what are the little things? Everybody around the office always makes fun, wisps, wisps. I like use the little wisps things because you know what else I hate? Bad breath. (laughs) Bro, when people are up in your face with bad breath, can I pray for you? Can I pray for your breath? (laughs) Get out of here. Like, (laughs) you, (laughs) I don't know why these things come to mind while I'm preaching. Can I pray that the bowels of hell stop creeping out your breath? (laughs) (laughs) So I, like, I'm a mouthwash fanatic. And so, the last thing I do every single time I brush my teeth is I, I, I end with mouthwash. And what's the last thing you do with mouthwash? You, yeah, but right before that. I guess the second to last thing. That thing, right? You go from here to... I'm trying to make a gargling noise in the mic. I just sound like Chewbacca. Everyone wants to try it. On the count of three, everybody just try to make a gargling sound. One, two, three. Yeah, there's just like an army of Chewbacca's about to attack, attack me. They're called Wookiees, okay, guys? Um, so I go, to, I go to gargle my mouthwash. And uh, David, do you, have, do you have that picture ready? As I gargle, this is what's waiting above me on my ceiling. That is called, um, nicknamed the California Camel Spider, officially known as what's called a Sun Spider. Was on, you guys aren't catching it. That was on my roof above my open mouth inside of my house in my bathroom that is eight feet from my bed, the place that I sleep. (laughs) I swallowed the mouthwash so fast and began praying, okay? Didn't have time to spit it out, all right? I corrupted my stomach because that was above my head. So you might be wondering, Corey, what did you do? I, I don't know. I panicked. Like, everything else that night was a blur. But I did know one thing. I cannot allow my wife to know that this is in our bathroom. Why, Corey? Because if she knew, she would be like, pack up everything. We're leaving. The house belongs to the spiders. We must leave. Burn it down. Like, the ho- like we're done. We're going to go live in a hotel. I don't know. We didn't have money for that. We were youth pastors in Lake Elsinore. We did not have money to go stay in a hotel for even one night. So here's what I do. I swallow my, my mouthwash, I go out of the bathroom, I close the door behind me, and I, like, I somehow, like, convince Amber to not go in the bathroom, and I go into our living room. At this time, I, I, had, I had stationed and staged weapons all over my house, okay? Um, uh, uh, so I had a, a baseball bat waiting by the front door. I remembered that. A, an aluminum baseball bat, and so I grabbed it, and I, like... I'm now, I'm now sneaking the baseball bat back into my bathroom past my, like, newlywed wife, you know? <laughs> like, uh, to, look, Amber, a distraction. And I get into the bathroom with this baseball bat, somehow Amber not seeing me. And if she did, I don't know what I would have said. What are you doing going into the bathroom with a baseball bat, Corey? And I, I would have... It's guy stuff, Amber. Don't ask questions. I don't know, you know? Like, I'm practicing... My, it's in the hips. I'm practicing my swing in the bathroom. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. The batting cages are closed, Amber. <laughs> so I go in there, and the spider, or whatever god-awful demonic creature that thing is, 
is still in the same spot above the roof. This isn't a full-size bat. So as I'm, like, testing out, like, it's almost out of reach, like, too high for me to squish, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to, like, tippy toes all the way extend and get it. You know what I mean? So if you've ever, like me, killed a spider like this, you always have to, like, line up the shot, you know? Kind of lining up the shot. I get the baseball bat right under him. I'm like, here we go, here we go. And I, like, thrust the bat to get him, you know? And as I do, he moves just enough to where I pin his leg. And he's like, I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know, he's moving. I'm not moving. I'm trying to hold him. I'm trying to rotate the bat to squish and kill him the rest of the way. As I do, he falls. This is when I realized I should have put on shoes. I was barefoot. So now I don't know what to do. So I turn the baseball bat over and I'm just. I'm just trying to kill this spider in our, i like, what is Amber thinking? She's on the other side of the door, eight feet away, just hearing, ah! <laughs> She's like, whoo, man, those Disney corn dogs messed Corey up. <laughs> Disney corn dogs go crazy, by the way. It's a total side note, but you want the red, the red wagon corn dogs on Main Street, they hit different. So I'm trying to kill this spider, right? I finally kill it. I crush it with the baseball bat, and victory was mine. Oh, that's it. That's the end of the story. Let's close in prayer. Dude, I was traumatized. One more, David, can you just throw up the picture one more time for us, please? This is what I conquered, you guys. This is what was killed and murdered. That's actual size, by the way. That's how big it was. I'm just kidding. What's the point? Um, the point is, there was this moment, right, when above me was something that demanded a response. Now, that response was kind of panic. It was kind of crazy desperation, but it demanded a response. And, and I submit to you tonight that there is something over and above us that demands a response. And that, that over and above us thing is God Almighty, all-powerful, all-loving God Almighty. And his existence demands a response from us. And tonight... What I'd like to submit to you is it is essential. Somebody say essential. It is essential that that response is worship. If you're taking notes tonight, here comes your very first point. For all you non-note takers, you're going to develop a hangnail. Point number one, more than a song. More than a song. Worship is more than a song, but it's certainly not less. When we die, on our tombstone will be a date, a dash, and another date. Your true worship will be what you did with your dash. And if our greatest purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him, then true fulfillment can only be found when we fulfill our true purpose. See, when we don't fulfill our true purpose, it's something like, like using an object for that which it's not intended like, like, it would be like taking an iPhone and trying to hammer a nail with it. Anytime you use something for its not intended purpose, it will always either be purposeless or destructive. And I submit to you that anything that you'll ever do in life, if it's not to glorify God, it will be either purposeless, destructive, 
or maybe both. Somebody say amen. Anything that you ever do, if not for the glory of God, will either be purposeless, destructive, or both. So what, Corey? So what? So, so should I just, like, quit baseball? Should I just stop playing basketball and football? Should I quit the cheer team? So what? Should I stop? Should I, should I just not dance anymore? So, so should I quit riding my bike? So should I quit motocross? So should I quit all of my hobbies, get rid of all of my friends, and cancel all of my subscriptions? <laughs> Yeah, sure, do that. Or do what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever, somebody say whatever. <laughs> whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So you're a basketball player? Awesome. Play basketball for the glory of God. So you're a gamer? You love video games? I love video games. StarCraft is my favorite video game of all time, and most of you have never even heard of it. Oh, my gosh, StarCraft is so sick. The same makers of Warcraft, uh, World of Warcraft, they made StarCraft. It's awesome. Then, great, play video games for the glory of God. You're really, 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 really smart. Like, you are an above 4.0, like, student. Like, you are, you are a borderline genius. Dope. Like, do all that for God. All that. Like, that's, not, that's how much I know about, like, being smart in school and stuff. Do all that for God. You know, I don't know. Study for the glory of God. Like, kill it on the SATs for the glory of God. Like, you feel something in your heart to one day join the, the military. I think that's awesome. I think there's, like, very little thing, more things in the world more honorable than going and doing that. Then, like, man, go be a Marine for the glory of God. Join the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, whatever. Like, for the glory of God. One day you're going to be a teacher. Teach for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Because your purpose truly no matter what you're doing, is to bring glory to God. And anytime you do something outside of your purpose, it will be either purposeless or even destructive. The, the word for uh, worship here in John 4, the word for, for worship in the Greek is the word prosunkio, which means to, this is literally what it means. It means to bow down on one's knees. This is what the word worship means in the original language. It's, um, it's compared to, in this day and age, when royalty would pass by. And most men would get down on their knees before royalty. And this is where curtsy comes from. Women would curtsy. It's this showing of respect to royalty. Worship, it is a position of our heart that is reflected in our lives. It is, it is a position in our heart. God, my heart, my life, it's bowed down and submitted before you. And then it's lived out in our lifestyle. That's what true worship is. See, and then the word true, because remember in John 4 it said, God's looking for people who will, who will true, like true worshipers, who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The word true here is the word elethinos, which means real or genuine. Real or genuine. I'm going to say two strong statements, and both of them are equally true. See, God is not interested in some fake religious half-hearted worship. God is not interested in some fake religious half-hearted worship. He's not interested in 
you coming to church and singing some songs because your mom and dad made you. He's really not interested in that. Furthermore, God's also not interested in hollow words. God's not really interested in us coming to church and singing these songs like the, the good old classic, Lord, I give you my heart. Remember Oceans? Spirit, lead me with my Calm down, white women. Don't start crying. We're not doing the whole song. <laughs> like, where my trust is without borders. Then it goes, okay, invite your friend to church. She's like, whoa. No, not do it. God's not interested in hollow words. That's not real worship. Not at least according to what scripture says. I mean, that would be kind of like, like, that would be like in marriage. If, if like in marriage, it's the difference between saying some vows and some words versus being a faithful, loving, committed husband who's willing to lay down his life every single day for his wife. Those are two completely different things. And I think we see a lot of people who stand at altars in front of God and their friends and family, and they say some hollow words just two months later, go back on those words of commitment. God's not interested in worship like that. God wants what he calls true, real, genuine worship. See, anybody can say, I love you. Can you live, I love you? Your I love you, Lord, is what you're, like, living that out, saying, God, I love you. Now I'm going to live it. That is your true, real, genuine worship. Amen? All right, point number two, worship is more than a song, but it's also a song. See, the people of God have been worshiping him through song and music and dance for thousands of years. Just like we do at Bridge Youth, the people of God have been worshiping God like that for thousands of years years. And it's funny that as long as people have been worshiping, other people have been criticizing that worship, saying things, um, things like, calm down, chill out. Oh, you guys, you're just, you're just the hype church. Oh, you're the rave church. You guys need to chill. It's like, wait, what? We need to, okay, um, if I'm going to have movement and desperation in response to a spider, if I'm going to have zeal and excitement when my favorite band plays my favorite song at that concert, and I'm, whoo, buddy, yes. If I am going to jump out of my seat, raise my hands in the air, and cheer when my football team scores a touchdown, because they don't score very many of those, then how much more should I respond in worship to my Savior God. Don't tell me I should calm down. These are the same people who will go crazy when the Clippers win a game. <laughs> Another thing I hate, Clippers. The Cl like there is one team in L.A. and they wear purple and gold, all right, the colors of royalty. Like, like, like people who get so excited for their favorite, like if they saw their favorite celebrity in public, they'd go crazy. But they're going to tell us that we need to chill out in worship? That we need to stop trying to hype God? To hype something is to make it sound better than it is. There's no way you or I could ever make God sound better than he is. So it's actually impossible to hype God. We should worship God in such a way that maybe people criticize us and tell us to calm down. I love what Psalm 141 verse 1 says. It says praise. Somebody say praise. 
Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. You see two things there that we're going to hit on in just a moment. Um, sing a new song. That's like personal worship. And then sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. That's like corporate worship. But let's talk about that word praise. Everybody say praise. In the Hebrew, this is the word halal. Halal. H-A-L. H-A-L-A-L. H-A-L-A-L. Halal. If you, if you guys are taking notes, write that down. It's, where, it's the root word for where we get our word hallelujah. Halal. And often this is found at the beginning and the end of many of the Psalms. If you don't know what the Psalms are, there's a whole book, dead middle of your Bible, um, called Psalms. And they're really just worship songs to God. And often these worship songs, these poems, they uh, begin and end with this word halal. Here's the definition of this word halal. You guys ready for this? Look at your neighbor. Say, y'all ready for this? The definition of halal is to shine, to shout, to rejoice, to boast, not of yourself, but of the one you're worshiping, to make a fool of oneself. Halal means to rave. It also means to rage. It means to celebrate, to glorify, to praise, and to do all of that in true freedom. It's not at all to stand with your arms crossed, how great is our God. Bro, you don't even believe you when you're singing that. This is not halal. Halal is the word used to describe when David was worshiping God so extravagantly that his wife got embarrassed and said, you need to calm down. And he said, I need to calm down. I'm worshiping God. She said, Whatever. You need to chill out because you're embarrassing yourself. He said, no matter what it is that I do, it'll never be like how much God deserves. So you tell me to chill, I'm going like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go even crazier. Halal is, is, this, is this excited, exuberant, holding nothing back type Worship, and I love that. Very interestingly, halal has another meaning. There, there's so much depth to the Hebrew language, and, and this other uh, meaning in the Hebrew, it's compared to and parallels intimate marriage songs that a husband or wife would give to their love, often on their wedding day. It's this song that they would create for each other on their wedding day. See, there's something so special about joining corporately in the family of God and worshiping him together. God loves that. But hear me really closely when I say this. God wants more than a cover song from you. You guys know what a cover song is, right? It's like when one artist actually sings a different artist's song. And here's the extent of most Christians' worship. Most Christians' worship will only ever go as far as singing lyrics to a song that somebody else wrote. Now, I want you to track with me for a moment, okay? Guys, gentlemen, dudes, I'm going to help you out right now. I'm going to make sure, <laughs> this is, <laughs> is going to sound super awkward when I first say it. I'm going to make sure that your honeymoon is awesome because I'm going to help you on your wedding day. Imagine, do not shake hands, boys. Two of our youth leaders just dapped each other up in the back of the room when I said that. And they're both on the worship team. Hey, 
It was God's idea. Come on, somebody. He only has good ideas. Moving on. Imagine. <laughs> All the junior hires are like, I'm so uncomfortable. All the high schoolers said, hmm, I really hope this doesn't make me stumble. <laughs> imagine. Someone say imagine. I can only imagine. Imagine if on my wedding day, Amber, Amber does her vows, and, and, and we have a picture of right when Amber started to read her vows. She, like, busted out in ugly cry. Not like I can keep it together. Like, she was crying, crying. Um, and imagine she does her vows, and then, and then the vows come over to me. And imagine if all of my vows were just other people's quotes. Imagine if I was like, you know, Amber, the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, it feels so holy. <laughs> you feel the awkwardness in the room right now? Imagine how awkward it would be on our wedding day. If I'm just like, you know, Amber, um, I've died every day waiting for you. And look, we were just kids when we fell in love, not knowing what it was. And now we're just, we're making our way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and homebound. <laughs> Is that even a love song? I don't know. No, we are emo kids, so it would probably be way more like, hey there, Amber, what's it like in New York City? And she'd be like, I've never even been to New York, Corey. Imagine if on my wedding day, the only vows I had for my wife was other people's quotes. I can imagine that my wife would stand at the altar and say, okay, um, got anything original for me? You got any words of your own? And sometimes I just think, in our moments of worship, God just goes, okay, um, anything original for me? Sometimes I think God's just like, you got any words of your own for me? Like, because don't, don't get me wrong. I love that. Like, I love when you sing Hillsong and Elevation. And he's like, I really love when you guys sing that audacious song. That's oh, like, ah, oh, like, I love when you guys all sing together. But, you know, do you have any words of your own? You know, like, like, like from your heart? That's why, that's why Psalm 149, verse 1, it says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. See, worshiping, worshiping corporately is foundational, but worshiping personally is essential. And we're going to dig into some personal worship in just a moment. As I close, let me remind you, worship, and you guys can start heading up, uh, play softly behind me, and we are going to, um, we're going to create a brand new love song right here, right now, that I can sing to my wife instead of just all of, I'm just kidding, we're not going to do any of that. <laughs> hey there, Amber, what's it like? It would have just been, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> if I wrote a song at 20 years old, that's what it would have been. Amber would have loved it, everyone else would have thought we were weird, but that basically was our relationship growing up anyway. So let me remind you, worship, worship is, is more than a song, but it's certainly not less. And if man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, then everything else 
It's either purposeless or destructive. See, when you're not fulfilling your greatest purpose of worshiping and glorifying God, it will leave you with this sense of emptiness. It will leave you with this really familiar feeling that a lot of you have felt, where you just feel like, I, I feel like there's just more to life, and I've somehow missed it. That is exactly what happens when we begin to try to live for anything outside of the glory of God. When we try to live for anything but worshiping and glorifying God, it will leave us feeling like we've missed it. Like, like we are an iPhone trying to nail in, nail in nails. It's like we will feel as if like all of life's greatest purposes have somehow missed us. It'll leave us feeling empty. It'll leave us feeling hollow. It'll always leave us feeling like there's just something missing. Because there is. And so tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an invitation to step into what your true purpose is. And that is to live a life worshiping God. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God, I pray every heart in this room would be open tonight. God, I pray that tonight that you would speak to each and every one of us. God, I pray that tonight that we would get to the place where worship becomes all that we really care about in life. That all the other things just get pushed aside. That all the other things just come secondary. And that from this moment forward, we would live to glorify you. We would live not to just sing your praises, but to live your praises. God, I pray anybody in the room who has felt that overwhelming like feeling that there's something missing. There's got to be more to life. Young person, there is. And you'll never be fulfilled until you begin to live a life that is simply worship to our creator. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to I wanna invite you into that type of life. I want to invite you onto that journey. I want to invite you to step into, God, I've lived for myself and it's not worked out. I want to live for you. And as an act of worship, you want to surrender your life to God. You want to begin living for him. Like living for yourself has brought you to the end of yourself. It's not, it's not brought you to the place you thought it would. If tonight you want to give your life to Jesus and you want to step into this relationship, I'm going to invite you as an act of worship. When I get to three, I'm going to count to three. I just want you to lift your hand. That's your sign of saying, like, include me in on this. I want a relationship with God. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want forgiveness of my sins. I want to live a life of worship to my King. If that's you, when I get to three, I want you to just lift your hand. You can put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. You can put it right back down. That's so cool. God bless you. So many hands went up. What we're going to do is we're going to pray. And really, this is just talking to God. So would you repeat these simple words right after me? Everybody say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. And you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. 
I give you everything. And from this day forward, I will live to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, don't move just yet. We're gonna do something really unique in just a moment. But if you just prayed that prayer, it's not the end of the journey, it's just the beginning. And we wanna walk this journey out with you. We have something that we call the next seven days. It's a free gift we wanna get to you. Uh, it's seven videos that will just help answer some of the questions you might have and walk you through the next uh, week of your faith journey. We feel like it's our responsibility to get this to you. So you get in a really easy way. Just go to our Instagram at bridgeyth underscore and DM us the words next seven. We'll handle the rest. We'll get you connected with a leader. All of that will get you the next seven days. If you don't have Instagram, don't worry. Chat with me, chat with Amber, any one of our leaders. Tell them, hey, I, I prayed the prayer. I want the next seven days. We'll find another avenue to get it to you. One more time, can we welcome some people into God's family right now? Hey, without um, nobody distracting the people around them, um, under every seat is, is a small card. And I want to do, I together want to do something. Front row, you'll have to probably reach to some of the baskets behind you. Um, if there's some, not one right under your seat, there's definitely one within reaching distance somewhere. Grab one. It's going to be something really interesting that we're going to do because this is going to be both corporate and personal. As I was, as I was preparing this message of, of worship, I felt so strongly the Lord saying, Corey, walk your students through what it looks like to personally worship God. It's so, um, I guess awkward maybe is the right word. It's almost awkward when we're in a moment of worship and the singing stops and it's like an instrumental or a moment like this, it's almost awkward that that's when the room will seemingly like fall silent, that hands will drop, and you know, that moment ends up just becoming like a concert where Matt rips some guitar solo, and we're like, that was sick, and then we go back into the chorus, and it's like, okay, time to worship again. But that's the moment to, in a corporate setting, worship God personally. So here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to practice personal worship. Some of you, you, you have a pen in your hand or you, get, you have one that you can borrow around you. Some of you, you don't. You, and what you might want to do is actually open a note on your phone so that what we do here can grow and expand later. But let me walk you through what personal worship looks like. You've got two, two fill in the blanks there um, on that sheet of paper. The first one says, God, I worship you because you are, we worship God for who he is. So in that fill in the blank in just a moment, I wanna invite you to just write down who God is. If it's me, one of the first things I always worship God for is God, I worship you because you are my father. God, you're my protector, my provider. God, you are my ever-present help in time of need. You are, you are my hiding place. You're the place when, when everywhere else feels unstable and fragile 
and ever-changing. You, you are the place I go and where I can run and hide and I'm safe and you've got me. God, that's who you are to me. For some of you, it's like, God, you are my, like you're, you're my best friend. Everybody else has either hurt me or walked away or has been inconsistent. But God, you've always been there. We worship God for who he is. And then the second one, God, I praise you for fill in the blank what he's done. We praise God for what he's done. What has he done in your life? For me, when I get to this part, I can say, God, I praise you because you saved me. God, I can look down the road that I was on, the one I was traveling, and it didn't end up in a good place. I was on a road of destruction, and I was going to reap nothing but destruction. And God, you saved me from that. Thank you that you saved me. More than that, God, thank you that you blessed me. Some of you have healing stories. God's healed you. Some of you, you should not be here, and yet you are. Some of you, your parents were going to get divorced, and God came and brought reconciliation. What has God done that you praise him for? So right now, right here and now, right where you're at, maybe you might want to move and get your own space or whatever, you totally can. I want to have a personal moment of worship because here's what this is going to do. And, and, and some of you might really actually prefer to put this in your phone because tonight you might, you might have like one thing. God, I worship you because you're my savior. And I praise you because you saved me. Awesome. But like tomorrow, God might, like you might be heartbroken and God shows up and comforts you. And you say, God, I worship you because you're my comforter. And I praise you because you healed my broken heart. And what you do is you might want to take that note and just ever add to it. And then that way, your worship continually becomes deeper, more intimate, more real, more genuine, more true. So right now, in a corporate setting, let's practice some personal worship. And you fill in those blanks right there. God, I worship you because you are. And I praise you for what he's done. God, I pray all over this room. Bring to mind and to hearts who you are to us. Remind every young man and every young woman in this place, even those watching online, remind them who you are. You are our provider, our protector, our father. You are, you are the friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are a foundation. You are a cornerstone. You're our ever-present help in time of need. You're our strong tower. You're our shoulder to cry on and our shoulder to lean on. You are our shepherd. You're our lion and our defender. God, you're my everything. You are my all in all. You are my identity. God, bring to mind now the things you've done in all of these young people's lives. God, I praise you because you saved me. And if you didn't do anything else ever again, that was enough. 
is God, I never could have deserved salvation. God, I praise you because while we were still sinners, you loved us. You didn't wait for us to get our act together. You loved us while we were still sinning. And then you saved us. And God, I praise you because you, you didn't just save me, but you sanctified me. You, you began to turn me into the man of God that you were calling me to be, the true, real version of myself. God, I praise you because you've healed me. Mentally, emotionally, and even physically. God, we praise you because for some of us, you delivered us. God, it was like depression was winning. But then, God, you showed up and you delivered us, so we praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Hey, keep that list on you right now and all over this place. No one distracting anybody. Would you stand to your feet? Would you meet me at the altar? Our team's getting ready, but what we're going to do is we're going to take some time to to personally worship God. And maybe you're in this place and, and like this whole concept of worship is new to you. Great, sing a new song. So tonight during our time of worship, let me, let me encourage and challenge you. Don't let there be a single moment that you just spectate. Don't let there be a single moment where, where okay, the, oh man, there's no, there's no words on the screen. How are we, worship team, how are we supposed to worship with no words on the screen? Cool, no problem, just go to your list. That's when corporately we can start worshiping God personally. God, you're my all in all, you're my ever. God, thank you for this. God, praise you because you did this and that. We're going to move into worship, and I pray that you experience God in a new way in this time of worship. And worship, um, to use your language, just hits different now. Because you, you see it for what it is. It's more than a song, but it's certainly not less. Can you do this? Can you just close your eyes? If you're comfortable, just lift your hands. Forget that there's like a whole room full of people. Just have a personal moment with God. And in this moment right now, just worship Him personally. Just start telling God who He is. Start thanking Him for what He's done. God, we worship You. We thank You for all that You've done in our lives. Every way that You bless us all the ways that you've been there. We thank you for who you are. We worship you. Jesus' name. Deeper within, through the way things. 
ownership and it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the thing i've made it cause it's all about you it's all about you jesus you're all we want i'm caught up in your presence lord and i just want to see I'm 
this place tonight can we lift our hands as one family singing praises to our God come on sing this out every voice and I will bow to idols I'll stand strong and worship you if it puts me in the fire I'll rejoice cause you're there too I won't be formed by feelings I 
today on a, on a night like this, I, I love the idea from what we just did with response time. Because what it gave us is that it gave us the tools on how we can intentionally and confidently worship God. And I think a lot of times what happens is that when we're in a worship moment and we're not familiar with it, we just kind of go with the flow. We kind of go with everything happening around us. And, and that's all right at the start. But what we just did right now was us taking the next step in our relationship with God. It's putting, it's putting a voice, it's putting words, it's putting action behind our worship. It's actually putting intentionality behind our worship. And what, what Corey was talking about tonight, I think was so crucial because what he talked about was us having our own song, our own worship to God. And I think that's amazing in, a, in and of itself because I think a lot of times we think about how big God is, we think about how amazing he is. We think to ourselves sometimes that, you know, maybe God is too big for me. Maybe God is just out in the universe doing his own thing. He's not worried about me. He's not concerned about me. You know, I'm really not on his mind, but can I tell you that it is, it is the complete opposite of that. It's all in the sense that that's why he sent Jesus uh, down on this earth to die for our sins so that we can be in relationship with him. It's, it's because he actually wants to be close to us. You may not think that you have a, a, a beautiful voice, but God loves your voice. You may not think that you're, that you're very smart and that you can't, you know, put together words uh, in a eloquent way, but can I tell you that it doesn't matter the way that you put the words, all that it matters is how you worship God with him because he loves your voice and he loves to be close with you and he loves to, to, to hear you worship him. God does not necessarily even need our worship and yet out of his love and his grace, he wants us to worship him because a lot of times worship isn't necessarily just about what we can say, it's all about who God is at the end of the day. And for a lot of you tonight, you made the decision to step in to that relationship. And I know that we say it a lot throughout Bridge Youth, and it's like, you know, maybe even a cliche at this point where it's, you know, the greatest decision that you can make in your life. But can I just be real with you? It is the greatest decision that you can make in your life because it's not even just about making a decision here on earth. It's about making a decision for all of eternity. And it talks about how in the Bible, even if just one lost sheep, just one lost coin, just one person returning back to God, even if just one returns, that all of heaven erupts. And so I think that what we should do is give it its just due and not just give a little golf clap. We're not out here on the PGAs or anything like that. I'm sorry, Corey, but we are here in church and we wanna celebrate with those who gave their life to Christ. Because it's an amazing decision that you just made. And we want to be there with you in the journey. It does not just start and end here, but it starts here and it continues on. And we have to give you a free resource called The Next Seven Days. All you have to do is just DM us on Instagram at bridge, Y-T-H underscore next seven. And we will follow up with you to be able to get you that resource and walk along this journey, this relationship of faith with you because we ultimately know that life is not just done by ourselves but it's better with people hey right before we jump back into uh, more worship back into a hype song i actually have uh, a few things that i wanted to reiterate throughout the service like we said at the very beginning, I know it's heartbreaking. We are not gonna be having youth on Wednesday because we're going up to summer camp. So if you're going to the summer camp, we're stoked, we're excited. For whatever reason, if you are not able to make it with us uh, to go to summer camp, hey, we're heartbroken about it just as much as you are. We will not be having youth on Wednesday, but someone say, but 
You can come by on Sunday because we are having the one and only Reggie Dabs coming in. It's going to be amazing, not just at one service, but at both of our services at 9.30 or 11.30. Maybe you want to wake up early, come to that. Maybe you want to sleep in a little bit, come to that one. Or just, just go to both, right? Why not, right? Invite the whole family, invite all your friends to it. It's going to be an awesome time. Hey, you guys ready to get back right into worship? Let's do it.